podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of content in just 60 minutes. So one of the biggest issues in B2B content marketing is ROI. Specifically, attributing revenue growth to all the blog posts and videos and ebooks and all the other pieces of content that you publish. It's hard, maybe even damn near impossible, to draw a straight line between content marketing activity and growing the bottom line, which can make it pretty challenging to make the case for content marketing when it comes to budgeting and hand count and such. Now, there's no magic formula or simple fix, but today's guest is here to explain how he has handled the ROI issue at his company as it relates to marketing. E. Rebelski is co-founder and co-CEO at Artlist, a creative technology company providing high-quality assets for video creators. Ira, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So let's start the story at the beginning. I know Artlist was bootstrapped. You started the company from scratch. In those early days, when you were getting everything together and putting strategies in place. When it came to the marketing strategy, when we spoke a few days ago, you said that you put ROI right at the center. So help our listeners understand what that means in those earliest days of formulating that strategy to kind of put ROI first and then work backwards from there. What did that look like? How did that work? Yeah, so I'll say, first of all, that starting off as a bootstrap is a different experience altogether because you don't start with marketing budgets. You start with building a product. We didn't have any funding as a bootstrap, so we actually started very organic, reached out to, to places that I would, I was a video creator before starting the company, so places I would read news about the industry. Some of them thought, you know, what we're doing is interesting enough to write about us, thus giving us like early momentum. So spending money in general in that mindset is something you have to get adjusted to and learn. So for us, when we saw, you know, they were lucky enough to hit like a good product market fit, we, we hired someone to help us with marketing. By the way, that someone is currently our, our CMO and one of the oldest employees that are still with us. And when he started, you know, he came from a different company. He was spending a little money, Facebook, et cetera. And then we, we had our first meeting is like the ROI is at 500%. Meaning when I count conversions from Facebook for every dollar I spend, we get five. And we were like, that's amazing. And he was like, no, that, that means we need to spend more. And, you know, so I would even go as far as say that through our ROI, we understand growth mentality in general. We were like, okay, good performance and our opportunity is not about efficiency at this stage. Well, you're at a 500% ROI. That means you have way more spend to reach and basically many places you can still grow and just be more uh, aggressive on growth. So... Based on that input from the marketing person you hired, what what happened next? How did you expand your marketing or develop the marketing plan? So I think as a bootstrap, I would go as far to say that although we became very aggressive and took a very growth-like approach, we were always 
an ROI sort of positive mindset company. We always wanted to see and make sure that we're highly efficient. So unlike a lot of other uh, companies that, that choose to start with brand, for us, it was very much about performance, making sure every dollar come back. So Google search is like the king and then going like it took us time to build throughout YouTube, although we knew most of the people who buy our subscription with by the way, as you mentioned, is for video creators doing YouTube videos. So the audience is there. Just the fact that tracking and like direct connection and intent is as, is as highly connected was hard for us to like find ways to spend or to justify spending in YouTube just because we were so much ROI, cock payback sort of focused. So I would say... We took a very specific approach that I think works very well in our specific situation because the people we were marketing to were video creators. So we were like, okay, maybe through performance videos, we can actually build brand because they are very specific with like their preferences on how videos should be created. So if we, you know, would spend a little bit more on the video production side on making sure we use the highest, latest tech, we do the best creative and actually showcase a lot of this on behind the scene organic content throughout social networks, we can actually do like what is, is called like brandformance, which is actually mashing up performance marketing, which is very ROI based with brand activity, which is less ROI based. So I'd say we took that approach. Um, I don't know that it can work in every sector, um, but in our sector it did. And I think we were able, for the most part, be very ROI performance focused, yet build a brand. Okay, that's really interesting. So I want to make sure I understand. So it sounds to me like in the earliest days, you're, you're focused a little bit more on product marketing with Facebook ads and so on. Am I right? Just yeah. alerting people to, hey, we're building this thing and yeah. you're targeting video creators and so on on Facebook and maybe other platforms. Yeah, and obviously we're talking about like seven years ago where Facebook yeah. was very, very dominant. Right. And But you were focused on product marketing with the aim of really figuring out product market fit and kind of getting the data so that you could really align those two things. So am I right so far? Yeah. Okay. And then once you started getting some ROI on that, right, and you brought in, as you described, the marketing person, he's like, hey, let's do more of this. So I, I want to dig a little bit more into what you were talking about in, about performance marketing. What does that mean exactly, performance marketing? So I'd say the definition for us, at least for performance marketing, is the KPIs are money-based, I would say this. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's focusing about LTV to CAC, CAC payback, which I can talk a little bit about and how we transition into that from like plain old ROI. But it, it's basically making marketing efforts that are solely connected to like performance of the business, direct performance, mm, okay. meaning I can track the actual return I'm getting on the dollars I'm spending and it returns and my KPIs for optimizing the campaigns are money that gets into the company back. Okay, that got it. Sense. Yeah, versus brand that can have different KPIs, like you know, brand sentiment, how yeah. how people perceive you, etc. Okay, but you said you were kind of mashing these things together. What do you call it? Brand performance or brand 
What was the phrase that you used? Brandformance. Brandformance. Okay. I don't, I like know, I don't think we invented it. I think it's, <laughs> it's, it goes around. Right. But that's, but that's interesting. So, right. Cause like you say, those are kind of mashing two different approaches together, two different sets of KPIs. So, or maybe you create a new set of KPIs. So we never changed the main KPI. Like okay. KPI was always performance-based, mm-hmm. meaning we're not going to spend extra dollar if we track brand sentiment and it goes up or changes to what we want it to be. If it doesn't pay back, we would never continue running the ad. So KPI for us was always performance. We just said, okay, can we adjust performance to also support brand efforts? Meaning... Can I take these like best practices in messaging and everything and build a story or a video around it that also support and moves brand? The difference I'd say, and there are a lot of different people talking about this from different angles between marketing and branding, but I think the most common one is marketing is aimed for an action and branding is aimed for a feeling, an emotion, sentiment. Yeah. So I would say we try to build a budget and make sure we're optimizing for performance, for actions, yet make sure that we are building brand sentiment alongside that. Okay. And, and I, you said that you did that by really investing in the quality, right? In the quality of what you're creating because of your audience, these are video creators. And exactly. so they're going to pick up on the little details of what you're doing. Exactly. And by the way, a lot of it is, is needs to be supported with social organic activity. So it would be running an ad and making sure we do a behind the scene for it. And we answer people mm. when they ask, what lens did you use? What video camera did you use? How did you do this effect? When building a community that's like, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. Like I trust them delivering mm. me with content because they'll know what they're doing. The beginning was like the messaging was like by filmmakers for filmmakers, which is not yeah. currently like... A- and in any of our materials, but a lot of this was to say, we understand you, which, you know, which still is yeah. the case, just not the main message anymore. But so, yeah, so I, I would say that was sort of our specific approach to this, but I think different companies can crack this differently. Okay. But that's interesting what you just said that, so you, so you, you also brought like social media content into it behind the scenes kind of stuff, which obviously follows directly on the heels or is directly tied to the more sort of product-oriented marketing yep. that, that you're doing or the brand-formance marketing you're doing yep. with the ads. And, and that that sounds smart insofar as you're putting content out there that's really based on kind of derived from what are what feedback are we getting from these ads. And by the way, the amazing thing is that you can realize some things that you thought were 100% brand through social are actually great for performance. So we would constantly take the like most engaging content in our social network and try to run them as ads as well. So we would post something that's like about a new music release, not performance at all, with like a specific story. And some of those wouldn't perform well. Some of those we would like see, okay, this gets a lot of attention on social. Let's try to, you know, boost it a little bit with performance marketing. Some of these became like pure performance for us, meaning we optimized mm. all actions through them and spend a lot of dollars on them. And by the way, that still is the case. So organic doesn't happen in Facebook anymore, but it can happen in TikTok, for example. So you would post like mm-hmm. a so like an organic video on TikTok on something that's not necessarily aimed for an action, 
see high engagement and spend budgets uh, on it and realize that it is doing great in performance as well. Okay. Can you give me a specific example of that? Yeah, sure. So a very interesting one. Uh, I think you first, like first deal or second deal, we, we like to showcase interesting stories behind the creators that make the content that we sell. So one of them was uh, someone who, who survived an earthquake in Nepal, if I'm not mistaken, and then build a story around this and an album, a music album around that story with like actually forming a band and everything. And we did like a newsletter and a social post on like his story, like an actual paragraph of this story with his picture, not performance at all. This is very much like 100% branding. Mm -hmm. And people really liked the story and we saw high engagement, a lot of comments and we started to boost that and it became a very well-performing ad, which is completely unintuitive for us Mm -hmm. or anyone else. And obviously when you run this type of ads as performance and you actually get decent ROIs, you are 100% getting a a huge uplift and and brand gain as well. So that's that's like a win-win situation. So for for that strategy, does the data help you understand like which kinds of stories are probably going to resonate or is it kind of hit and miss? Like you put a bunch of stuff out there and some of them work and some don't. So you definitely have to build a gradual best practice strategy. I think that being said, you have to keep relevant time as well for experimenting because otherwise you won't find new ways of reaching your audience in an efficient way. But I would say that we have our best practices, which are actual guides for specifically our brand and what we saw work for us on things that have to happen in a 20 second YouTube ad. Like how quickly you mention the product. Do you show like a a search bar with the actual URL of the website at the beginning before they can skip? What is the premise? and how quickly you should say it, and then how long it should be when you wrap it up. But between those sort of guidelines, there is a lot of flexibility to get and convey your brand efforts as well. So that was built over time through a lot of experimentation. And we have that for many different type of activities we do. But I think you have to constantly experiment because the world changes, people consume different things, trends changes. So it's very easy to get caught up in too much in best practices as well. Yeah, good point. So fast forward to today, you yeah. say this is roughly seven years later, or this has been up and running for yeah. about seven years, you say? Yep. Okay. So where do things stand today? Like, what would you say looking back to the early days compared to, to today, how, how has your marketing strategy changed over that time? And, and looking ahead to the future even, what do you anticipate might change further? Yeah, so I would say the first thing we should talk about in that sense is LTV to CAC. Because as soon as you grow and you want to be as aggressive as you can, again, we still have a bootstrap mindset set in our specific case, but as aggressive as responsibly can, that's sort of our approach, you understand that ROI is just not enough. Because the immediate return is obviously not the lifetime of what you're getting from users. And obviously you get organic traffic around that because if someone came to us organically, where did he come from? Someone told him about Outlist, or we talked about it with someone. That someone probably saw an ad. Otherwise, how would they know about us in the first place? So you have to look broader. 
And I'd say probably the best way to do it, or at least that's how we approach it. And most companies is LTV to CAC, meaning how much am I spending on a person per user blended? How much is a person worth for me blended? And it has to be blended because CAC is blended. You cannot separate CAC. When I advertise, currently we don't have one type of subscription like we had when we started. We have social plans for YouTubers and we have the biggest enterprises in the world grabbed as well. Completely different price point, completely different LTV, but the CAC is the same. The end user is the same. You know, someone working mm. in Nike on the social team is being targeted exactly the same as a YouTuber because they're mm -hmm. both video creators. So CAC is blended, LTV is blended for that reason. And you have to look at LTV to CAC and skip ROI because ROI is too short term. Super interesting. Wow. So a lot to dissect here, but I'm sure our listeners are going to have a lot of questions about this and may want to connect with you. So what's the best way for, for people to, uh, to connect? I'd say, first of all, feel free to reach out, which I get a lot, by the way, after some of my the podcasts I did. And, and it's always great. I, I'm yeah. reaching out to people to get advice as well, constantly. But yeah, I, I'd say I think every story is a bit different. You, you don't get, you don't build marketing strategy from a manual. It's not, at least for what I have seen so far in my career, it's very specific. The audience changes, you know, we in a very specific sort of between consumer to B2B space, which is quite unique because yeah. even our consumers are doing YouTube channels and investing money in that, usually in the hope of getting some monetization. So you can call them essentially an SMB and not necessarily like consumer. And on the other hand, we have enterprise, but the users are very similar. So I would say we have a very specific experience starting as a bootstrap is one thing that we have that not necessarily other companies have we're very global some companies are more ge geocentric so i'd say a feel free to reach out and b keep in mind that hearing as many experiences as possible is probably best but then understanding that you're going to have your uh, specific experience i'll say this if i would one day start another company, I'm 100% going to be ROI performance focused at the beginning and not brand. I believe in that method. I believe it showcase. It's like a true showcase of your product market fit. You can get away with a bad product market fit or a bad product. If you say I'm doing branding and that's why I'm not selling yet. And it's long. I have a long sales cycle. It's going to take time and I need to penetrate. There's a, a lot of places to hide in that strategy from actually fixing problems. And I think when you're crucial in your performance and your ROI, there's no place to hide. You either sell well and have good mm -hmm. return or you don't. And you have to realize that you can say, okay, but the unit economic of how much it costs to buy a lead in Google or, or Facebook doesn't make sense for my market. That's a problem. You're going to need to do online marketing. If you don't crack that unit economic, you probably are not going to build a big company. So I'd say mm -hmm. for my experience and what I believe in, I think it's a crucial way of understanding that you have, that you have the right product for the right market and that you have the proper like unit economic to actually build a company and grow around this. Okay. Well, you're, you're a great source of knowledge on all this. And, and again, I think our listeners are going to have 
a lot of questions. So we'll put a link to art list, of course, in the show notes. Is LinkedIn, is By that a way, good? I, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I and I strongly advise as well, you can put a link to our YouTube channel, which sure. hosts most of our commercials, Artlist and Motion Array. You can, I think there's a channel inside, like a, a dedicated playlist inside of the channel for advertisements, for the ads, not mm-hmm. the social content on YouTube. I think it's a great way to learn how, what like our best practice were. Mm-hmm. We learn from others. So, you know, I'm happy mm-hmm. for others to look at what we're doing and learn from it and see how we mer- try to merge performance and yeah. brand and what like, our activity looks like. I think it's a great source as well to understand like what I'm talking about, like from our perspective. Okay, excellent. We'll put a link to that too. And I'll put a link to your LinkedIn page so people sure. can check you out personally. Well, Ira, thank you so much. This was really a good deep dive into what you guys are doing. I learned a lot and really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Awesome. Very, very thankful for you to have me here. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.